My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. And I think as landlords, it's not about being greedy. It's not about if something is worth $380 a week, we should be charging $430 a week or anything like that. It's really important for investors, whether you own one, 10 or 100 properties, to just keep a really strong eye on the market, especially when it's rising rapidly and you're not sort of selling yourself short. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode of Invest Like a Pro, we're chatting with founder and director of Housefinder, Simon Liu. He shares his thoughts on the supercharged rental market causing havoc for tenants and investors alike and details the importance of balancing the scales to get the rent you deserve while not falling into the greed trap. Over the last 12 months, COVID has continued to see its impact into the markets around Australia. Lou is all too familiar with its effects, especially in the Brisbane market where he has been concentrating heavily. Not only has the boom affected his clients, investors and first home buyers alike but it also has ramifications for his personal portfolio as well. So one of the points I make to a lot of um, uh, uh, buyers investors, new buyers and also buyers that are um, already have properties is when, when there's a market that's rising, uh, whether from a purchase price or from a rental perspective, it's really important to keep a, a very strong um, uh, uh, understanding on, on what's happening today, right? You have to keep a, your, your finger on the pulse and if you don't, it can cost you quite a lot of money. And what's happened recently in Brisbane, as we all know, not only are the prices going up, but the rents the rents have been going up as well due to a significant shortage of rental properties, uh, not only in Brisbane, but also in the outer parts of Brisbane as well. Just wondering, is it because there's not enough supply of properties at the moment being built or is it just because a lot of owner-occupiers are just buying these properties up and therefore less investment properties available for renters? The reason is actually because there's a lot of interstate migration into Brisbane at the moment. Ah, since the borders are open back up. <laughs> borders or no borders, I think for a lot of, uh, for a lot of people, the stresses of living in Sydney or, or maybe Melbourne um, in terms of financial, uh, well, mostly financial actually, um, are forcing them to move, not forcing them, but they're looking at sort of greener pastures. 
And I actually know quite a few personal friends that have already made the move um, into these areas. And the complaint has always been either um, they can't buy a house, even if they have the money, you know, to find a suitable house because property is selling so fast. Um, or they can't buy, they can't find like a, um, uh, a, a suitable rental property as well. So it's simply a, a case of supply and demand. You know, there's obviously a lot of demand, a lot of people wanting houses to live in, whether it's from rental or, or to buy in. Um, and there's just so many properties out there, suitable houses, that is, um, that's, that's for rent. And that's causing, uh, uh, obviously, rents to increase in all parts of, uh, of Brisbane. And, you know, as uh, you know, some of you may know, I own quite a few properties in Brisbane. Um, and I would say for the past five years or so, until about 12 months ago, the rents have been relatively stagnant, you know, maybe like an increase of 10 or 20 or 30 bucks here and there. Um, but, you know, hasn't really done very much. But to give you one example, I've got a property um, out in uh, uh, Bean Lee, uh, which, is, um, which is about, uh, uh, again, about 30 kilometers south of Brisbane. Really standard house. It's actually an older house. It's not the best house in the world um, by far. <laughs> um, We've had a, I've had a tenant in there paying consistent rent uh, for uh, which was in the very very low three hundreds. Uh, it's actually three hundred dollars a week um, for for a number of years. Okay, and for a number of years, about three hundred to three twenty a week was probably the market rent. Now, what happened is over the past twelve months, since they renewed the lease uh, last uh, early, uh, sorry, late last year to now, I actually just increased their rent to three eighty a week. Um, so that's a, a, an increase of $80 a week or percentage-wise. I don't know, I'm really bad at math <laughs> to work it out. Um, well, that's about 25% increase. 25% increase in rents. And they, the, the, the tenants didn't balk. You know, they just took it because they can see that, you know, logging onto realestate.com.au that any, if they were to move out and to move into something similar, they'd be paying that anyway. Yes. And plus, there's moving costs as well, and the headache of actually having to pack and moving costs, packing, you know, obviously, uh, you know, the bond and everything. I'm sure that you know. Look, to be fair, they've been in there for several years, and there's a bit of wear and tear with the property, um, uh, which uh, you know, yard work and all that kind of stuff, which they 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 may have to do if they were to move out. Um, but since they're already settled, they're comfortable. They know that that's what the market is at the moment. They have to pay it. And I think as landlords, it's not about being greedy. It's not about if something is worth 380 a week, we should be charging 430 a week or anything like that. But it's really important for investors, whether you own one, 10 or 100 properties, to just keep a really strong eye on the market, especially when it's rising rapidly and you're not sort of selling yourself short. Okay? Because one of the worst things is if something, if, you, if you're getting 300 a week uh, in rents on an investment property and you can get 380, that's a significant difference. That's right. It's like a 25% decrease of your income. So, if you could actually increase that just simply by making sure that you bring your market rent up, you know, to scratch and you're not paying any additional cost to do that. 100%. And it's like, it's it's something that's, you, you know, you need to look at almost on a monthly basis. Um, and uh, and uh, yeah, I think it's just obviously for your, for your own good really at the end of the day. Um, see, similar with house prices as well. You know, one of the things that I've noticed is, you know, we're, if we're analysing a deal today, um, let's say we're looking at, uh, 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 you know, using Beanley as an example, 
maybe if we're looking at like a four bedroom, uh, two garage, two two bathroom house, six hundred square meter again, sort of very standard house, you know, and we can buy it today for let's say four hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars. Now, if you look at some of the comparables that are setting selling immediately today, as in properties that are literally under contract but hasn't even settled yet. You might realize that some of those houses with similar specs are actually selling for five hundred. So at four fifty, that's actually a pretty good deal. But if you compare that four fifty house to properties that have sold or similar properties that have sold in Bean Lee from even just six months ago, three months ago even, they may have been selling for four fifty or maybe even slightly less. Um, you might be thinking, oh, it's not such a great deal. You know, and then you pass on it, and you actually might be missing out on a really good opportunity. So, in a in a in a in a rising market like this, it's really important to just make sure that whatever sort of data or comparable sales or anything that you're looking at, it needs to be current, and it needs to be so current that I would say within the past four weeks is like the absolute max as to how recent you need to be looking at not only comparable sales but comparable rentals as well. Um, and that will give you a much more accurate indication on what the current value is at the end of the day. So, you know, I think that's um, just, just sort of keeping that in mind, making sure that you're focusing on, on what's happening today rather than yesterday is super important. Totally. And say, for example, if you're already in a lease with a tenant that is paying rent and so forth and, you know, this is a topic that I think most, most investors go, you know, how should I actually approach this to increase the rent because you're looking at it going, oh, wow, the market rent say from 400 to 480 now, um, I want to actually increase it but they're still in tenancy. How would you go about, you know, handling a situation like this knowing that you've also got a property manager as well? Look, I mean, when they're, if they're in a lease, you can't do anything really. I mean, you can't up the rent, you can't, you know, it would be, it would also be quite um, uh, unethical, you know, to try and force a higher rent on someone while they're still in the lease or, or even kick them out because they're, they're, they're paying lower rent. Um, so, you know, it's one of those situations where you just have to wait. You know, it's not, it's not, a, it's, hopefully it's not a super long wait because most leases are maximum 12 months. Um, but with that said, you know, look, we, because we focus a lot on off-market deals, you know, as discussed in, in the previous episode, a lot of the properties that we buy are, are already rented. You know, there's already a tenant in there. And that's one of the many reasons why a lot of people, a lot of landlords choose to sell off market um, because there are landlords in there and they just want to, you know, nice and quick and easy sale with investors. But what that sometimes means is that the, the rent that the existing tenant is paying could be slightly below market rent or in some cases heavily below market rent. Um, and, you know, a, a common situation is we say we buy a house, it comes with a tenant, the tenant's great, you know, they're looking after the house well, they're paying rent on time, but they're just paying a little bit below what it's worth. And, you know, the lease might expire in six months. Coming up after the break, we discuss the hotly debated topic of what to do when the tenant is paying less than market rent. And it, you might find that it's much of a muchness, you know, because if you kick them out, there are costs associated with that in finding a new tenant with a vacancy. How to avoid tenant tensions when introducing a significant rent increase. Now, when the lease expired, they obviously just cop the, uh, the sort of $60 below market rent uh, uh, 
uh, scenario for three months only. But when it came to renew, they uh, increased the rent by close to $100 a week. He explains why putting on a costume and playing a character can work in your favor. Okay, so I can guarantee you that anything that's listed online at the moment, uh, in Brisbane in particular, uh, is probably either under contract or is being bombarded with offers. And that's next. I'm Taran Sham and you're listening to Property Investory. Have you been looking for months and getting frustrated that each property you've seen seems to be a lemon? Or are you after distressed, off-market, high cash flow properties in high growth areas, capital city locations? If you answered yes to either of these questions, you are not alone. For being a loyal listener of the podcast, Simon Liu is offering a free one-hour strategy session normally valued at $500 to help put together an actionable property plan. To get your free strategy session, simply visit housefinder.com.au and fill out the contact form or call Simon directly on 0415-626-342 and quote Property Investory. Lou continues to lay out the pros and cons regarding the possibility of raising the rent, keeping both the investor and tenant's interests at heart. So, you kind of have to look at that and say, okay, is it such a bad thing that I inherit a tenant that I'm going to get cash flow almost immediately or literally immediately as soon as the property settles, I'm going to get this cash flow coming in from this, from this property even though it's slightly below market rent but it means that I don't have any vacancies. It means that I'm probably not going to have to spend much money on cleaning or, or general maintenance of the property before I have to find a new tenant because all of that costs money. Right? If, if you have a house that rents for 400 bucks a week, every week that it's vacant while you're finding a new tenant is going to cost you 400. So in some cases, if I inherit a tenant that's let's say paying $350 a week instead of the market rent which might be 400, that $50 difference over a six month period is only... It's about a thousand something odd dollars. thousand something odd dollars. Okay, so that, that would equate to uh, about about four weeks, about three to four weeks of vacancy. Okay, so sometimes it's kind of worth thinking, okay, cool, yes, I could get more rent for it if I were to kick this tenant out, or I could just wait until the lease ends. Um, and it, you might find that it's much of a muchness, you know, because if you kick them out, there are costs associated with that in finding a new tenant with a vacancy. So sometimes it's not such a bad thing to, to have a tenant that's paying a little bit less rent on the get-go but when it comes to lease renewal just make sure you either jack up the rent back to market rent or if they're unwilling to um, it's probably not a bad time to be fighting a new tenant anyway when there's a super uh, when the market's super hot so you know I always tell clients you know if they're if the if the existing tenant doesn't want to pay market or even close to market at the end of the day you have to look after your best interests as a landlord and you need to uh, you need to you need to find new tenants. So, you know, don't be afraid to do that as well. Yeah, and you've mentioned as well. Um, there was also not only your portfolio. You've had also rental properties where you've just recently seen an increase in rents. You know, from three hundred to three hundred eighty dollars a week. Have you had other, I guess, some um, examples of say other clients that you've worked with recently that have brought in say you know new new investment properties and then looked at okay 
you know, adjusting these rents accordingly. Exactly what I mentioned before. There was a property we bought on the north side of Brisbane. Um, uh, I think it was around about the three-month-ago mark. Um, they inherited a tenant, great tenant, paying rent on time, all that kind of stuff, looked after the house. But they were paying just slightly below market rent, um, I think to the tune of about um, 50 or 60 or something along those lines, like $60 a week, not, not much difference. Anyway, they settled on the property, they kept going, but the lease was only was going to expire in, in, uh, in three months from settlement date. Perfect. Mm. Now, when the lease expired, they obviously just copped the, uh, the sort of $60 below market rent uh, 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 scenario for three months only. But when it came to renew, they uh, increased the rent by close to $100 a week because what happened, because during the time when we bought that property, the rental market in that particular suburb was, uh, was going a bit crazy as well. You know, I think when we did when we did look at the comparables, there were only about three or four houses for rent in that entire suburb, and the vacancy rate was extremely low. So it was literally going through that immediate transition of uh, rents going up at that particular point in time. So even though when we bought the property, we projected that it was about sixty dollars below market rents, when it actually came time three months later to increase the rent back. Uh, on the on the uh, on the existing tenants, the market rent at that point was actually hundred dollars more. So anyway, hundred dollar more increase. Um, you know, the tenants were happy to pay it because again, they recognised the fact that that's what properties are worth nowadays. They weren't getting ripped off. You know, the landlord wasn't being uh, particularly greedy or anything like that. They just wanted obviously a fair rent uh, based on what's happening in the market, and everyone's kind of happy as well. So. You know, just by literally keeping an eye on the market and just being, being a bit more, um, a bit more in tune with uh, with your role as a landlord, which is to, to to make sure you're getting a fair deal on your behalf, can make a massive difference to your cash flow. Um, so keep an eye on it. You know, to all investors out there, don't 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 feel like you're just uh, even though your cash flow and might be really good. You know, because of low interest rates and things like that, at the end of the day, you want to maximize uh, that position as much as possible. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that thing. So, talking about this current market that we are in where prices of properties have been going up, rents have been going up, how do you weigh based on a decision to purchase property at this point in time on those things? Say, for example, you know, some people might, might want to try and, or some investors might want to get into the market at the best possible price, like, you know, un, off market, under market value. But then at the same time, do you forego, you know, a, a lower rent to be able to try and get that property at that price? Or if you're sort of more positive or if you're looking more sort of a cash flow type of investor that you want more revenue coming in, do you forego, you know, the actual price point of going into the market and getting a higher rent as an example? You know, from your experience. So from my experience, I always need both to work, right? I need to have good deal, like obviously buy properties where, uh, whether they're off market or distressed, uh, buy properties where uh, numbers stack up from a value perspective, right? So if something is worth X amount, I always try and get it for below that, or if there is some kind of, you know, very lucrative add value opportunity, I always kind of take that into consideration as well. But every single property that I buy or we buy needs to have good cash flow. Right, um, 
And I think in this crazy hot market, how we analyze it is based on, like I said earlier, what's happening today, right? We can't look at stuff that's happened six months ago. We can't try and think or project what's going to happen in the next six months. We kind of have to just look at, okay, what's the rent today that I can get for this house? What's the value of this house today? Does the rent stack up for me if I pay a particular price for this house? And at what price do I need to get this house for that would make sense from a value perspective, from an equity perspective? Uh, so it's really no different to how we would analyze a property in a slower market. But the data and the comparables that we use just need to be a lot more recent, right? Because if we look too far back or even just slightly further back, it's already, those days are already gone. Now, a couple of caveats. Uh, this really only works at the start of a boom cycle, okay? Because Brisbane, the boom cycle in Brisbane is more or less about 12 months old only, this crazy sort of boom cycle that we're seeing. And in the past 12 months, it's gone super, super, super rapid, right? So I would say, um, you know, it, we're getting, we're starting to get to a point in Brisbane where it's starting to steady up a little bit. It's not going as crazy as like, you know, 20, 30% growth within months. Um, so, you know, here from this point moving forward, investors can revert back to looking at some of the more, uh, some of the maybe less recent comparables but during that crazy boom uh, boom phase at the, in the beginning it was it was and it maybe still is really important to look at comparables that are immediate that makes sense it's interesting because i think with so many things that happen in such a short period of time it's hard to sort of really keep on top of it unless you're you know looking at the market literally on a daily basis like you are because you're a buyer's agent on the field but as an investor as, as you know, um, it's more long-term. You just want to buy it, let it sit there and hopefully the, the property manager does what they do and then just collect the rent because it's supposed to be a passive income dealing. And I think this this type of thing that we're talking about right now is sort of more applicable when I guess you're looking to purchase more property or you're actively looking to get into the market again to you know do another purchase. But at the same time, it's sort of an ongoing maintenance thing. We look at it and review it every six months to ensure that your rents are up to space as well too. Definitely. So just to maybe just to summarize it and make it a lot easier for listeners, the best thing you could be doing right now, whether you're looking at a rental increase or looking to buy or looking to value a property, call up the properties that are listed online but not sold yet, okay? So I can guarantee you that anything that's listed online at the moment, uh, in Brisbane in particular, uh, is probably either under contract or is bomb being bombarded with offers, okay? Uh, so if a property is recently under contract, I mean, legally, uh, agents can't tell you or disclose uh, a price to you unless the property is unconditional, but depending on how you ask the question, agents can give you a bit of a guide as to how much a property, that particular property is under contract for. Uh, that's always the most recent comparable that you can find. Okay, so if you just do that simple exercise, you know, it might take you, I don't know, half an hour a day or something, uh, just to call up some of the listings in that particular area that you're looking for that haven't had a sold sticker yet. Because remember, when a, when a property has a sold sticker on realestate.com.au or domain, uh, typically, not all the time, but typically it's about two months old. 
because it goes through that maybe not two months, but maybe like six weeks because it goes through that settlement period. The contract was actually signed prior to that. So sometimes when you look at even sold data, if a property comes up as sold on realestate.com.au yesterday, it was actually sold maybe you know a few months prior to that, and that can already skew the data as being a little bit too old. So just pick up the phone and, and speak to some agents. You know, pretend that if you want need to pretend, but pretend that you're like a a big shot investor. <laughs> you know, you look you're looking to buy lots and lots of properties, and they'll tell you, um, you know, they'll tell you what that's uh, what what that what they're recently selling for, or maybe one of the best ways that I sometimes that I do is uh, you know pretend you've got a property to sell. You know, the agents will be more than happy to tell you <laughs> as much information as, as as possible if they if they feel like that you've you know they can potentially do some business with you as well. So so that's a, that's a pretty uh, pretty important thing that I do with with a lot of properties that we're buying at the moment. Thank you to buyer's agent Simon Liu, our guest on this special episode of Invest Like a Pro presented by Housefinder. Also, for being a loyal listener of the podcast, I've asked Simon to offer a free one-hour strategy session normally valued at $500 to help you put together an actionable property plan. To get your free strategy session, simply visit housefinder.com.au and fill out the contact form or call Simon directly on 0415-626-342 and quote, Property Investory. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.